Welcome to Fitzarns Property Exchange, hosted by Pearl Skeltimer, designed to keep you informed and captivated about the South African residential property market. Subscribe to our channel today and enjoy conversations with some of the most influential, innovative and interesting industry experts, stakeholders and scheme executives as they render input in today's property market. Hi, good day. I'm Pearl Skeltimov, the CEO of Fitzana Estates, and once again, welcome to our property exchange. Gentlemen, I'm speaking to today needs no introduction. It's the learned and very handsome Dylan Hirschop. Dylan Hirschop attended the Northwest University, and during his period of studies, he attended an exchange program at Erasmus University, Rotterdam, participating in the International Maritime and transport law program. Upon completion of his studies abroad, he obtained his LLB cum laude, where after he enrolled and successfully obtained his master's degree in estate law at the Northwest University. He is currently employed at Schuler, Yershop and Pinar Incorporated Attorneys, specializing in the property law, including the law pertaining to community schemes. And today, our subject is dreary that is of deceased estates, but very necessary to talk about. So welcome, Dylan. Very nice to talk to you again. Hi, Paul. Um, thank you very much. Um, I appreciate being able to have this talk today. And I think it's a, quite a hot topic. So I think it's, it's very important that we discuss this issue. Okay, so let's kick off. What happens when an owner of a sectional title or a homeowners association um, unit when they pass away. For example, an owner living in a unit dies, he has a will leaving his property to a beneficiary like a child. Where does that leave the community scheme? Well, so this is, this is actually a great starting question. I've seen in practice um, when I assist clients with legal matters relating to deceased estates, it seems that the client's wheels proverbially falls off. So I always advise my clients that the process when dealing with a deceased estate is in no way more complex than any other collection procedure. The rules of engagement is simply different. So I equate this difference to going to home affairs to apply for an identity document or a passport, even though the forms that we complete may be a bit different, the gist is still the same and we're still dealing with the lawyer but not to steer too far away from the topic. In broad terms, the executor will then be placed in the position of the owner as if he was the owner of this particular property for the duration of the administration of this deceased estate. Just as a matter of interest, how long does it take to have an executor appointed? So naturally, it'll, it'll depend on the particular estate and how complex the owner's assets and bequeaths are. But in general terms, we're looking at about six to nine months from the date of appointment of the executor until the completion of the administration. Okay, but the appointment specifically. So I'm talking from a managing agent's point of view. If we need to make contact and inform them of levies to be paid, how long does it take for the administrator to be informed? who is appointed as executor of a deceased estate? So what I can tell you is it'll, it'll depend 
on the, the context of the will and who is now appointed to be this executor by way of the wishes of the deceased. But it is as simple as completing a few documents, lodging those documents with the master of the estate, at which instance you would obtain a letter of executorship or letter of authority. And in so doing, you would then be appointed as the executor of the deceased estate. Okay, so what are the duties and responsibilities of the trustee or executor as appointed by the master of court? So in general terms, the executor takes control of the estate of this deceased. And what does this mean? So he simply facilitates the transfer of the estate by firstly settling all of the liabilities and debts, and then thereafter transferring this ownership of the assets to the respective heirs as and when advised by the deceased in either his will or by the rules of intestate succession. Okay, so this includes the payment of all liabilities, if I might call it that. Yes. Okay, so on the levy side and the deceased estate that still remains responsible for payment of levies, if this account gets into arrears until the affairs are settled of the deceased estate, May the community scheme, either sectional title or HOA, continue to charge interest or collection fees on this account? Yes, as a levy contribution is seen as a debt due and payable on a monthly or two monthly or yearly basis, whatever the particular rules of the scheme may dictate, if those amounts are not paid on the due dates, they remain entitled to levy any interest on such arrears. Okay, I actually received a letter quite recently from an executor stating that the estate is not responsible for those payments, so they were wrong. Yes, no, they were definitely wrong. As I've mentioned, and and, and this is the interesting part, and I think this is the common misconception that we need to address in this interview, relates to the fact that some people are of the view that the moment that there's an executor in play, that there's nothing that we can do until the the administration is finalized in the sense of we will have to wait until the end of the administration to receive our payment. But this is not the case. In fact, the trustees are duty-bound, or the directors of a homeowners association are duty-bound to enforce the proper and prudent payment of levy contributions. So if these um, accounts are in arrears, these scheme executives are entitled to proceed with legal action in the normal course. Naturally, where the difference comes in when we're dealing with deceased estates is we cannot cite the the deceased. I mean, he doesn't, he's not in existence anymore, for lack of a better word, but we will have to then cite the um, executor of the deceased estate when we wish to take on these legal battles if payment does not occur timelessly. Okay, so in other words, legal action can be instituted if there's a situation of non-payment. Good to hear. Yeah, and we especially see these types of legal action being instituted the moment when the executor takes quite some time to try and administer this estate. I know we're dealing with aspects of prescription and all of these types of things. So sometimes it is definitely in the scheme's interest to institute legal action in the meantime, whilst this particular um, executor 
is not attending to the necessary payments. Okay, so your recommendation is start with action if there's no reaction. Yes. Okay. All right, let's talk about proxies. Say, for example, an annual general meeting of this community scheme is being arranged. Is it only the executor that is entitled to attend the meeting? Okay, so in, in general terms, what we need to understand is the moment when an executor is appointed, he or she is placed in the position of the owner, which means this executor is then entitled to all of the rights which an owner may have. Okay, so they can also give proxy. Yes, so they, they've got the right to attend, participate, vote, and should they feel the need, they've also got the right to provide a proxy to whomever they deem fit. Okay, can I also, by example, mention what happened a few months ago? At an annual general meeting, we had one of the owners being a deceased estate, and his brother apparently had a proxy, but the brother was not mentioned as the executor of the estate. And this brother transferred the proxy to one of the other members. And there was quite a hubbub of whether this is permissible or not. And I was told that you cannot rule from the grave. So even if this proxy by the owner was instituted prior to his demise, that that falls away once he's passed away. Is that true? Yes. So what we need to understand is the moment that this deceased now passes away, all of these rights fall within the administrator or the executor's hands. And as such, we can consider it by way of example, let's say a property has been sold. It's it's similar to try and say that the seller is still entitled to an extent to issue a proxy, which is simply not the case. So the moment that someone passes away, that falls within the competence of the executor and only the executor is then entitled to issue proxies to that effect. Okay. All right. So for all practical reasons, the brother that subsequently transferred the proxy to another owner was not legal. No. And and then we're also dealing with transferability of a proxy, which is a whole other can of worms that I don't think we intend on opening today but that's even more difficult as opposed to this. All right. Okay. What happens with the property as such whilst the estate is being wound up? Can the property be rented out? Can the property be sold? Does the property stay empty until the estate has been finalized so that the beneficiary uh, beneficiaries can take occupation. What happens with the property as such? So what I can tell you is the property remains within the estate, which means that the executor is entitled to make these decisions. So should the executor be of the view that it's it's financially viable to get a get a tenant in for the duration of the administration in an attempt to almost ease the burden of the liabilities on the estate, the executor is more than welcome to do that. All right. Let's talk about rented properties. Um, What happens in the case of a landlord that passes away? What happens with a tenant? Yeah, so this is a a great question, and I think it goes both ways, that either the landlord is now deceased or the tenant is deceased. We must understand that death normally is not a cause of a contract to be cancelled or terminated. 
we will have to have insight into the particular lease agreement at that point, but uh, it's, it's not a general or common term to have such a form of cancellation, but it simply means that the contract will continue to proceed and then uh, dependent on who has deceased, whether that's now the landlord or the tenant, the executor will then fall into the position of this landlord or of this tenant and make all of the decisions and have all of the rights associated with being a tenant or being a landlord. Okay. Once again, the landlord has passed away. Can the beneficiaries of the landlord's estate give the tenants notice whilst there is a valid rental agreement in place? So what I can tell you is, again, this falls straight under the competence of the executor, which means only the executor is capable of making this decision. Naturally, executors can be assisted or guided by beneficiaries, and they may give effect to the beneficiary's wishes. But again, ultimately, the executor would have to be the person to give notice or any agent of the executor. Okay, I understand that, but if an existing lease agreement, if the tenant has just moved in and there's a yearly signed, can the executor actually take the decision to terminate the lease agreement prior to its, to its expiry date? Yes, so they may do that, but then they need to be cautious about early termination situations where the tenant can possibly have a damages claim as a result but the unfortunate reality of the situation is that the executor has these rights when dealing with a contract and should the executor deem it necessary to inform the tenants that they need to vacate the premises, they are entitled. And I think this problem would arise in most circumstances where the beneficiary actually now wants to reside in this unit and as such the executor would then have to take the steps to ensure that vacant occupation is provided to the beneficiary at the end of the administration process. Okay. I just want to come back to this was now explanation to the landlord passing away. If you have a tenant in a property passing away, what you are saying is that that will all depend on what the lease agreement says regarding uh, a tenant or the responsible party for signing the lease agreement. That would depend on what is stipulated in the lease agreement? Yes, so, so my advice to any client when dealing with a contractual relationship is that the, 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 the start of determining what the rights and responsibilities and entitlements are is to consider the actual content and wording of the lease agreement, so yes. All right, Okay, you have mentioned this before, perhaps just clarify this again. Exactly how long does it take to wrap up a deceased estate? So again, as I've said, this comes with a big if, and that if is it'll depend on the, the complexity of the administration process. I've seen a lot of estates where they bequeathing stuff to trusts, they bequeathing assets into companies, and that's this whole complex situation but when considering the, I would probably say the best case scenario, we're looking at six to nine months to try and administer this estate. Just as a matter of interest, if it is an insolvent deceased estate, what happens with payment of the real levies or rent? 
So what would happen is they would wound up the estate, which would mean the um, executor would have to, we call it in, in legal terms, liquidize all of the assets, which means basically selling all of the assets and turning them into a monetary value. And then they would consider the amount of liabilities. And then depending on the liabilities, they would then in proportion to what assets were available or what monetary amounts were accumulated, they would have to then in proportion distribute that to all of the liabilities. So it may have the effect of having an instance where partial payment would be received. But luckily for us in the, the community scheme game, as a prerequisite to the transfer of any property, one would have to obtain a clearance certificate. So this sense in the RAND would not apply to us as the clearance amount would have to be paid prior to us affecting transfer or the, the association or the community scheme consenting to such transfer of property. Okay, that actually links to my next question. That is now the role of the managing agent. How can a managing agent assist in this situation? What is their role, obligation, duty and responsibility? So I think the best starting point in this instance is to have a clear line of communication with the executor. I think it's it's easier if we can discuss all of these aspects with the executor and provide him, for example, with the levy statements or with notices of any meetings that may occur and all keeping him updated with all of the developments in the scheme because I think that's just going to make the administration process a bit easier and and assist the executor with finalizing the situation because I think at the end of the day, we would then have to cater for the funds that we would need to receive as a result of the, the transfer of the immovable property. Okay, and then last but not least, what is the best advice that you would recommend to trustees when it comes to deceased estates within sectional title scheme or any community scheme for that matter? Okay, so as I've mentioned, the amazing thing, uh, and it's it might be in a, in a very morbid circumstance, but the amazing thing about administration of deceased estates is that a transfer of the immovable property is going to occur. The unfortunate part, however, is we're not sure when this is going to occur, and we're not sure whether or not the executor is going to effect payment on a on a month-to-month basis. So my advice would be that the community scheme or the, the scheme executives consider the cash flow aspects of the community scheme when dealing with a deceased estate in order to determine whether or not they would institute legal action prior to the completion of the the administration or whether or not they're willing to wait this out, for lack of a better word, until the administration has now been completed. Because this may affect the cash flow and, and there's definitely mechanisms that we can have or implement to deal with these issues. Okay, we actually sit with a few situations, not, well, not that much, two or three, where we have, after a period of at least six to 12 months, have not been notified of who the appointed executor are. Where would we obtain information like that? Yeah, so what I can tell you is the first thing is that this executor is appointed by the master 
and, and a master's reference number would be issued. So the best place to start your search for whom the executor may be would be at the master of the high court because they do have a record of the appointed um, executors, if any. Great stuff. Dylan, I surely know now more than I did before. Thank you so much for this valuable information. And uh, we are definitely talking soon. I would like to know, Dylan, if my clients, my listeners would like to get hold of you and obtain more information, where do they get hold of you? Well, that's perfect. So as you've mentioned, as um, from Schuller, Yershop, Pinar Attorneys or SHP Law in short, I know we've got a, a lot of surnames in our law firm, which, which is quite interesting. Um, but how they will be able to get a hold of me is on the, the telephone number, which is 011-763-3050. And then also my personal cell phone number is 79 Well, I'll also just like to take this opportunity to thank you to be a part of these podcasts. Um, I think it's really wonderful and dynamic that you're taking the time to try and ensure that scheme executives are educated. And the best thing for me is the fact that this has almost now become a household podcast for me. I can't wait each and every time that you release a new video. And I think this is also appropriate to just mention, um, I absolutely loved your previous podcast about investing into sectional title living. And I think it's, it's, it's really important for listeners to go and have a look and have a listen to into that podcast. Um, it really provided some wonderful insight for me as well. Wow, Dylan, thank you so much for that. It is good to hear. We will definitely provide you with more information. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening and we will talk again soon. This was Fitzsounds Property Exchange, hosted by Pearl Skeltimer. Not only do we keep you informed on the very latest in the property industry, we also empower by expanding your knowledge base. Make sure to visit www.fitzon.co.za to find out more about sectional title scheme management, letting, sales and trustee training. Remember to subscribe to our channel and follow us on all our social platforms.